subatomic gigantic occasion was a sweep in Japan nation when along came a dude with an ultra attitude, a common Morado, the greatest kicker of Japan. And of all man. Last you short now, baby. To not talk big now, baby. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to a brand new episode of Kaiju Conversation. I'm your host, Elijah, and joining me as always, my lovely co-host. Hello, I am Rex, back once again, as always. And here we are. This is, is this six weeks in a row? Oh, gee, wow. It it is the sixth week. Oh, my God. Six weeks (laughs) in a row. This is a new record for us. I know. (laughs) And to think just some time ago, we weren't even doing it. Yet for like half a year or so, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think it was a little. It was like eight months, actually. It was something eight months. like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, we were doing it. We didn't do it for eight months, and then we were doing like once a month, and then we were like, let's do two a month. No, then it was let's then trial. Let's let's trial the the act the like the October month thing. See how it goes. You know, maybe we'll do this again. Maybe we won't. <laughs> And here we are, the mad lads we are, six months into being weekly. Now, mm. don't expect this regularly. Did you We're say not six doing... months in? Did I? I think it did. Maybe maybe the six <laughs> weeks is starting to wear on me. <laughs> but don't expect this regularly. Um, it just, the cards fell this way and we're here. Yeah. And, you know, I... It's fun. I'll admit it's been a lot of fun. We've mm. we've had some pretty solid outings here. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a little it's a little it's a little tiring. Um mm. I think my body is starting to get used to the caffeine cuz I I drink 2 to 3 caffeinated drinks. Um 200 milligram caffeinated drinks. Yeah. Uh so that's 600. You're said you're told you can only really drink 400. um like earlier today i drank one caffeinated drink just just because it had 200 milligrams and like i was feeling like i had drank three i was like oh my god i feel awful um (laughs) it doesn't help that i don't eat either like i go like 13 hours without eating a proper meal jesus Um, christ yeah so like i it's pure caffeination like that's that's all i'm fasting on a whole another level it is. And uh, like, I, I feel like my body's getting used to this caffeine. Like it, it's it's like, nope, you're going to hate tonight. We're going to make you hate tonight. And here we are. We're recording later than ever, but we're here and we're going to do an amazing job. <laughs> Hopefully. Yes, we shall see. The audience, however, will be the judge. This is true. Now, I will say it's a little weird because, like, by the time this episode comes out, we're going to be two weeks into March, and we are currently recording on the third week of May. Yes, they both start (laughs) with M. Uh, We're on the third week of April. Mm. So this is like three weeks in advance. By the time this episode comes out, Kaiju Weekly will have made its return as a streaming uh, streaming show, a live stream show. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Travis has the crown again. 
you know, I, I can't touch his, his mighty crown of the weekly podcast, but we're doing this all edited. So I'll still take a little win there. Um, <laughs> but it's great to see them back in live stream form. Uh, Kaiju Ramen is trying to create more content. By this point, I will have been at AMA and a bonus episode should be out of that, um, which is pretty exciting. It's funny because at AMA right now, we're scheduled to do a Kaiju Ramen live stream, mm-hmm. a Henshin Men slash Monster Island Film Vault episode, and I'm planning on doing a Kaiju Conversation bonus. So, like, we're going to have to talk about AMA three times, not including if we get interviewed by anybody at the con. So it's going to be a busy weekend for me. Um, I'm actually taking all of my recording software just to be on the safe side. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I'm. We'll see how it goes. I, I don't. I don't know how it'll go. I know Travis is taking his recording equipment. I'm taking recording equipment. Nathan's taking recording equipment. It's like, <laughs> dude, we're we're like we're psycho. We're like podcasting on the mind. Well, uh, at least at least you're prepared. This is true. This is very true. Um, I this is it's so weird because this is going to be the first year I feel like I'm going to cons as a content creator. Mm-hmm. Um, what, last year at G Fest, uh, we did have a guy who knew Kaiju Conversation, um, take a selfie with me and hang out with me and talk about you know the show. Um, and I had a few people like when they heard I was a writer for Kaiju Ramen, they're like, oh, that's so cool. Like, can I shake your hand? I was like, sure, I, I guess. <laughs> um, but this year, like I, I legitimately feel like I've been putting out effort. Um, I just got promoted to publicist, uh, production manager and staff writer for Kaiju Ramen. So like I feel like I'm actually doing stuff in the company now. Mm-hmm. Um and then, like, we, we've been podcasting so much. I've interviewed people. We, we're doing bonus episodes. We're doing live streams. We're, we're doing so much. And yes. it's, it's just really weird to think right now we are like – like, you and I were talking precast about analytics. And I, do, I don't like to talk about analytics, like – that because I, I don't want people thinking it's just the views, it's just the numbers because it's not. Um, mm-hmm. If it was just the views and numbers, I don't think we would be doing this as regularly as we were. Oh, definitely. Um, and it's great to see like the podcast go from what it was back in 2019 to where we are now. Um, I mean, I, I have to admit the recording schedule has gotten really messed up on my end. <laughs> And I'm probably giving myself cardiac arrest in the future because of all the caffeine I drink for this. <laughs> but we're like, it's fun. We have so much fun. Mm. And it's exciting to feel like I'm putting in effort and that mm-hmm. people can listen. And um, you know, I'm 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 doing what the younger version of me only dreamed of doing which was putting out content for kaiju Mm. and tokusatsu so there's my soapbox we love doing this we're having a jolly old time yes 
So I'm sure nobody wants to hear us like rant and rave how amazing we feel right now. Well, I feel I'm uh, you probably <laughs> hate your life. You're like, dude, shut up. I don't care. Wow. What is this attack against me? I I I may be an a-hole from time to time. Time to time. But uh-huh. That's what I thought. I was going to say something, but I forgot what my what I was originally going to say. Um, I just threw you through a loop. God damn it. Shut up. You're Shut going up. down a spiral. Shut up. No, no, no. Oh, my God. No. I get the joke. No. By the time <laughs> we're done, you. it'll be your birthday. I hate you so... Ugh. Hey, hey, these jokes just keep looping around into a ring form. <laughs> Bitty 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 bitty. That's what's going on in Rex. <laughs> there we go. It, all you guys just heard was bitty bitty bitty, but it was it was Rex's like. I hate you. It wouldn't be a kaiju conversation episode without some ring references. <laughs> this is true, but usually it's 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 meant to be me who says them. Hey, we can loop back around to you. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Stop. Sorry, it's just, you I'm know, I'm going it... insane. No, no, don't make All another right. one. Don't make another one. Are you saying I'm spreading a virus? Oh my fucking god. So how are you today, Rex? Um, minus your torture of bad jokes, your onslaught of them. Um, pretty good for the most part. <laughs> Are you saying you're being tormented right now? Yes. Are you saying you're developing a grudge? Uh, damn it, I saw the joke. Uh. Uh, that was actually two Takashi Shimizu film jokes. Yes, yes, I, I saw, I saw. Ah, ah, good. I was worried that you, you were going to miss it. No, I saw. I I've been keeping up with the... Conversations in the Discord. Ah, good, 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 good. Because I was uh, there for the tormented conversation. Fair. That's fair. You know, it it happens. It happens. But speaking of J horror, <laughs> by the time I'm done, you're gonna have no, no, no pulse you because you're up. gonna be you dead. Shut up. You shut up. You shut up. <laughs> you shut up. You shut up. You shut up. We're moving on, okay? Uh, to- tokusatsu and things that we've watched. I have actually watched a J-horror film recently. You, you know what it was? You know what it was? What was it? Juwon, the beginning of the end. And that... I hope this is the beginning of the end of your f- terrible jokes. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. That, that was the 2015 film, right? 2014, I believe. 2014, okay. And, and then the 2015 what... film is a direct sequel. Gotcha. I was going to say, I know that was either the last one or the second to last one. Yeah. The last one is Final Curse. Gotcha. And is it, uh, so I, I don't want spoilers, but is it like the conclusion of the story? Um, so beginning of the end is actually a reboot. <laughs> so what does it ignore and what does it count as canon? Oh, it's it's just like a complete reboot. Oh. It essentially um just it's it's another like 
Kayako and Toshio and Takeo's story, but with a um, new set of characters and a slightly different backstory. It's mo- It's mostly the same backstory, but there's been some alterations. Gotcha. Did Shimizu um, direct it too? No, no. This is from Masayuki Ochiai, I think his name is, and he's done some other films like Shutter. Um, okay. But, yeah. Um, it, was, it was an interesting film. It's It's definitely missing something that the Shimizu Juon films had with their, like, their tone and also their lighting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Would you say it was the low-budget feel? It's it's not quite low bu- a low-budget feel, not in the same way as, like, the Juon White Ghost or Black Ghost spinoff movies were. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but it is sort of similar to them where it's a lot of a lot of scenes are kind of overlit, particularly, like, day scenes, like, there's a decent few horror sequences that take place in the day, including like the main one with Kayako crawling and all that. Uh-huh. And like, <laughs> and that sequence is just way too overlit. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it was, it was fun though. There's a lot of, there's a lot of callbacks. I'll say. Is it um, like nostalgia bait though? Uh, I mean, probably. Yeah. Because there's quite a few callbacks to The Curse and Jew uh, on the Grudge as well. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Because so, and that since that film, you had the final curse, and then correct me if I'm wrong, but the only thing since that was the 2018 American Grudge film, 2020 American film, and then Jew on Origins. It was 2020. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I mean, I own it, but I haven't. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't got to that point. I still have to watch The Grudge 2, mm-hmm. and then The Grudge 3, and then The Grudge. Yeah, all I all I need to watch now is Final Curse, um, The Grudge 2, and The Grudge 3, and that's about it. Gotcha. Okay. Have you watched any other uh, Tokusatsu? Um, I've been I've been watching a bit more of Kamen Rider V3. I'm nearing mm-hmm. the end of the first arc of that show, so... Which is around still, episode twelve or thirteen? Is it still a lot like Common Rider seventy one? Yeah, it's 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 starting to become. It feels like it's a bit more of its own show now that um, you know, now that V three himself has taken the reins over mm-hmm. Ichigo and Nigo, um, since mm-hmm. they're not really a part of it anymore. But they do come back in later episodes for a couple guest appearances. Gotcha, but. Yeah, no, it's pretty fun. You've got some. You've got uh, Akiji Kobayashi um, returning, so that's he's always good, good fun. And uh, interestingly enough, the kid for you know the kid from Return of Ultraman. Yes. Yeah, he's a main character in V Three. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I was surprised to see him. I, I saw I saw him, and I'm like, wait a minute, I've seen that hair before. I feel like uh, that happened with me with it was another child actor. I think they were in a Godzilla movie and then they appeared in like an ultra show or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. I know <laughs> that kid. Um, I mean, Kamen Rider had um, 
Ichiro from Godzilla's Revenge in some of the in like the later in like the later half of the series. Really? Yeah. Huh. The more you know. <laughs> Alrighty, well, that's good. And then of course you've got Shin Kamen Rider coming up. Hopefully we'll both be able to I watch wanna see that. it. Oh my god, I wanna see it. <laughs> they so as of this recording, this is gonna date it very quickly. Um, they just announced the that it was not uh, like not happening. They announced that it was happening and tickets go on sale May fifth. So um, it's through Fathom. Gone on sale. Some have, but it doesn't go wide until May fifth, and it's through Fathom events. Yeah. yeah, which I don't remember. Was that the bad news for you? Um, for me, it's seemingly bad news, but we'll wait and see. Hopefully. Hopefully, I will get to see it somehow. Mm -hmm. See, it's weird because I, I I have a few friends that watch tokus, Kaiju Tokusatsu, to be specific. Mm -hmm. And they're like, do I watch Kamen Rider? Do I not? I haven't seen a single show. I don't know anything about it, but I've seen all the other Shin movies. Like, and, and like, it's it's this back and forth of what do I do? And I'm like, dude, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. I'm taking the day off. I'm taking the day off from work. I'm going to go watch Common Writer. I'm not going to know anything I'm watching, but I'm going to be able to say whether or not I liked it. <laughs> God, I want to see it so much. I literally watched 71 in preparation for it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of upcoming films... Ooh. I do want to talk to you about something. We haven't talked about it yet. Um, I, I read a few things you said. Um, mm -hmm. Clearly, I, I think clearly we're going to be talking about the recently revealed Ultraman Blazer. Do you actually? That looks really good. Yeah. <laughs> I, so before we before we talk about the main thing I was talking the elephant about. elephant in the room. <laughs> um, Ultraman Blazer actually looks really good. Yes, Oh, that trailer was awesome. And yeah, from what I've heard from people who have been following a lot of the leaks, a lot of them are seemingly coming true and we're in for a good show. Like <laughs> I, I'll say this. The the Tokusatsu, like a lot of it's night, but it's really well lit and it's well shot. I was like, man, this looks really cool. Oh my god. Yeah, no, it... It is. I was actually really impressed by the lighting and the and the shot composition mm -hmm. in in the trailer. Like the sense of scale in some of the in some of like the low angle shots. Um, yes, is probably some of the best I've seen in Ultraman for a like a long while. You know, and like, I, I compared to other new gen shows, and new gen has already been quite good with it. Like. Zet and like Ultraman Zet uh had a lot of interesting like experiments with um the cinematography and that has the same main director as Blazer and like Trigger and um Decker also tried pushing the bounce. I don't think they were always as successful. Mm -hmm. But you know, there was still some decent experimentation with how are we going to shoot this. Mm -hmm. it doesn't always work one hundred percent of the time, but I'd say Generally, Ultraman has been looking really good these past few years. Mm -hmm. See, the way I, I understood it, coming from somebody who has only watched 
up to Ultraman 80. Um, the way I've interpreted modern Ultra, specifically like Rewa, which is still new gen, I get it. Um, Z was like peak. Um, Trigger was okay. Decker was not nearly as good as the other two. But um, Laser I, I, <laughs> looks good. That's how well, I've understood it. I could be um, wrong. The general consensus is that Trigger kind of bad. Decker started off real strong, kind of mid by the end. Okay. See, I don't Granted, know. I, I, I thought Trigger was okay. I thought it was okay. Decker, I have the same opinion as everyone else on that. It started off banger, kind of got mid at the end. <laughs> gotcha. See, eventually I'll watch it, but... Remind me, correct me if I'm wrong here, um, but I was reading that Ultraman Blazer is actually going to be the first Ultra show that's like simultaneously broadcast like around the world and localized. Um, so the past few Ultra shows have been simulcast in like in English territories um, around with um, an English subtitled version releasing around the same time as the Japanese TV airings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now they're simulcasting it in even in like more regions, like including like China, I think they're simulcasting mm-hmm. it for, which is good. And on, uh, cause Ultraman has been very, very, very successful in China in like the past year or so. I read that it was doing better than Disney. Yes, exactly. Which is great. I love that. Oh, that's fantastic for the brand. Um, and hell, it's probably part of why we can get a show like Blazer this year, honestly. Because the, all the, like, Ultraman is, like, just like Kamen Rider and Sentai have been, has been, like, plagued by, like, all, like, the toy gimmicks being so in your face over the past few years. And Blazer, seemingly, Bandai stepped back a little bit. They still got really? their toys in there. But in a lot more limited capacity and you know given for an anniversary season this is very standalone (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and like even beyond blazer um recently ultraman z has come back with an english dub which blazer is supposed to be getting an english dub as well i i thought i read that i thought i read that blazer was going to get an english dub which I is don't know really if it's coming surprising. out at the same time as the simulcast. I don't mm-hmm. know 100%. It might be. It might be a little later. Someone, whoever's listening, you'll have to fact check that. <laughs> but, like, that's amazing. Like, we haven't had Ultraman dubs since... Since, like, next... the movies. Right. And even before the movies, like, shows didn't get it until Malaysian uh, dubs for, like, Mebius, right? Uh, something like that. I, I I don't know enough about that personally. I think I think Mebius has an English dub, but I it was never a like Malaysian dub of a couple shows. I I just mm-hmm. don't know how official they all are. Right. Um. But prior to that, like, really, the only only ultra show that was like released in America with an English dub was Tiga, which was the nineties. I mean, um, 66 and, as well had a dub. Right, but that was decades prior to Tika. Yeah. Um, Ultra 7 also had an English dub in the 90s through TNT. Q 
Q Ultra Q was supposed to get one. Actually, it does. It has two dubs, but one of them got shelved. The other is like partially lost. Same with Ultra yeah. Seven, and then you know Ultraman, of course, has the the classic English dub. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that Z and Blazer mm-hmm. both are I getting mean, English I mean, they dubs. were also doing dubs for the Ultra Galaxy fight series as well, to be fair. Right, right. But that only adds up to about 45 minutes of content. Yeah, something. I mean, the latter two are about an hour-ish, an hour, hour and a half-ish or so. Um, but, like, nonetheless, this is still great news. And yeah. Blazer, Blazer looks awesome. Like, I'm genuinely pretty excited for Blazer. Likewise, and I think I'm starting to understand why we haven't got any word about the recent Ultraman stuff coming to disc, because I don't think Subarai is done with it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, however, I'm still wishing and hoping that we get more Ultraman. Mm-hmm. So back to the elephant in the room. Yeah, uh, so Minoru Kawasaki has a new film coming out. It's a <laughs> UFA, right? That's what we're talking about? Uh, I feel like there was something, don't get me wrong, Kawasaki films are awesome, but I feel like there was something else you were mentioning, something like Hollywood related. Oh, yeah, that's right. So we got the title for Gak. Gak, as you are still calling it. (laughs) Gak to Biff, the battle for Earth. I mean, honestly, I don't blame you because I don't really like this new title. (laughs) So, Legendary released a teaser for the new untitled MonsterVerse film. Yes, Monkey Business, which was yeah, my, I, my preferred title. Yeah. Just so we all know. I liked Gak because I could make fun of it. Mm-hmm. So, we got the title, which is Godzilla X Kong, The New Empire. So, like, it's not Godzilla X Megaguirus G Annihilation Strategy, which sounds awesome. And it's not Godzilla X Mechagodzilla, which sounds amazing. It's mm. Godzilla X Kong, the new empire. Mm. Never have I ever heard a more superhero title for a non-superhero movie. You see, I thought it, I thought it was a Star Wars title. <laughs> I, I saw, like, videos in my... I remember, like, waking up and seeing, like, um, Godzilla X Kong, The New Empire, like, a notification for, like, a reaction video to it. And I'm like, what? What is this, some fan project? And, and like, eventually, a few minutes later, I go on Discord, and I'm seeing, a, like, a bunch of discussion about the MonsterVerse, and I'm like, wait a minute. And so I go on YouTube and I see it. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so do we want to kind of break it down real quick and talk about it? Sure. So it's only a few seconds long. Um, we start off with like a throne with this skinny Kong looking monkey sitting on it. Kind of like Thanos did for like 10 years. Yeah. Um. And it zooms out, and it's like a boneyard, and then it ends with uh, Godzilla and Kong's skulls lit up in blue and yellow. Mm-hmm. And That's then, rules. yeah, and then it cuts to Godzilla X Kong: The New Empire, and then it cuts to a close up of the monkey's face with blue eyes. Yeah, and that's it. Yep. 
So I'm just going to the title is stupid. It's really stupid. Um, I know I, uh, people... I know I know a lot of people were complaining about Godzilla and Kong as a title, but I don't know, man. I thought it was simple and nice. Yeah, and see, here's the thing: like people, people have been having a discussion of what X means. Is it against? Is it versus? Is it and? Um, I know common. Too. Common <laughs> writer uses X as cross. Is it Godzilla cross Kong? Um, I mean, I mean I've only, made a joke. Only common writer Z cross. Z cross, whatever. Common writer well, X is just common writer X. But there's also one. There's another. I don't remember, but it's it's another another Japanese production that uses X as cross. Um, I don't know. Somebody tried to argue fast X, which X means ten in that case. It's not Godzilla yeah. Ten Kong. Um or it could just be X. Like Really it's a ship. I've been I've made the joke it's a porno. I have made that joke. I mean, there is no way Adam Wingard didn't sign off on that thinking it at least once. Considering his have you seen his YouTube profile picture? It's of them kissing. Exactly. So, it's just, it's weird, like, I, already, like, right away, like, the whole idea of this movie is not a versus movie, which I'm not a fan of, because I made it very clear in our Godzilla vs. Kong episode, both of them, all three of them. Mm-hmm. I don't like the idea of Godzilla and Kong fighting together. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't care if they're both heroes. I like my Godzilla and Kong to be enemies. Mm-hmm. And so here's my thought that uh, here's my uh, opinion of what the plot's going to be. Godzilla's dad didn't die. Godzilla's dad went to get milk and never came back. God's uh, Kong's. Wait, did I say Godzilla? Yes. Kong's dad went and got milk. He didn't actually die. Kong's mom had a side piece that was helping Kong's mom raise Kong. They both died. Kong grew up. Now that Kong's in the Hollow Earth, lo and behold, Kong's dad actually moved to the Hollow Earth. Now that he's old, he's grumpy. And Kong woke him up, so now he's a grumpy monkey. And Kong's dad knows that Godzilla killed, like, their entire species, according to the novelization or something like that. Mm -hmm. Never once has that been established outside of the novelization that breaks canon with everything else. Mm -hmm. So Kong's dad wakes up, finds out that Kong and Godzilla are buddies. Kong's dad gets angry and, like, tries to beat up Kong, and then Godzilla comes, and that's what it is. It's a fight. And Kong's dad's trying to establish that he's king. Not Kong. And that's the movie. It's about abusive parents that leave their children and then come back hundreds of years later to beat their children. Already, um, there is more, there are more interesting themes there than the entirety of Godzilla vs. Kong 2021. So, congratulations, I guess. Yeah. If that ever if that becomes true i'm i'm going to hate myself um yeah the funny the the funny orangutan is 
interesting, I guess. I I wasn't expecting the the move the next movie to be about you know the big bad guy is another monkey. Right, and that's the issue. So like jokes aside, the movie's villain is a what people are guessing is like an orangutan-ish kaiju. I mean, it's seemingly confirmed by uh KDM. So Right. As an so, orangutan. It's a tall slender monkey, which I have a theory cuz KDM's hinted he has powers and I'm just going to tell you what I think it is right now. He has he he knows how to like be in the hollow earth and I think he has lightning powers. Oh yeah, it's it's probably lightning powers. Like I feel like since Kong couldn't have it, they're going to make the villain have it. Yeah. And like he's a primate that like has had hundreds of thousands of years to like become the ultimate like king. And I think that's really really boring. Mm-hmm. I like Kong I get. He doesn't have crazy villains. But Godzilla is like out here fighting pollution monsters and dream demons. Yeah, and and that's my issue. That's my issue with it is like I know a lot of people were advocating for like crazy Godzilla monsters like Destroyer, Space Godzilla, Biollante, Gigan, etc. And while I don't necessarily want any of them per se, I I would have preferred something more something different, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was reading uh I was scrolling through Twitter and one person uh was quoting so legendary released the new plot synopses, which basically yeah. is saying there's a new hidden secret in the Hollow Earth that explains Skull yeah, Island I, and the monsters. I swear they've said that for like the past two or three movies. Yes, they basically. It feels like they have. Um, and th- this person said, "I really feel like they should have held off on Ghidorah till now," and I agree. Like, yeah, honestly, <laughs> it, I feel like Ghidorah was the biggest bad this universe has in had mm-hmm. and it's like i mean the he, skull... he was literally the villain of two films so yeah <laughs> so like there's no i i no matter what this this orangutan does I, I don't i don't think it can like make it like the whole world's gonna end yeah like i i just i don't think that'll happen i mean even and I if don't... he i mean even you know the new Empire title sort of implies some sort of like army. Um, even if he has some sort of like kaiju army or some something stupid like that, um, like Ghidorah kind of already had that in his own right with like mm-hmm. the seventeen titans that he woke up, or no, no, whatever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Number. Yeah, it ju- I don't know. It just it disappoints me because like. Like you said, it's the it's been the same story for the past like two movies. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it feels like they're trying to world build, but they just keep. But they're trying not to- actually world building. They're just adding vague, ver- the most vague of details possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's not I- much of a real world here. It would be like if Star Wars just kept saying. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And they never established the galaxy. Yeah. Like, if Star Wars was just Tatooine and, like, the Death Star, 
and like one other planet, you'd be like, this isn't a galaxy. This is like yeah. two planets and a space station. Yeah. But they like go to different planets. There's different aliens everywhere. Like they talk about all these places. It feels like a whole universe. Yeah. Godzilla, like the Monsterverse is just. It's, it's, it's a, it's a Godzilla and Kong crossover franchise. That's, that's what it is. It like, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's stop pretending it's, it's an actual full, full MCU type universe for, for giant monsters. It's not. It's not. The, I mean, look, look at their spinoffs in air quotes, the Apple TV plus show and Skull Island anime. Both take place in between films to establish what happened in the films. And, and both are tied to the two main character, main monsters of the franchise. One is a Godzilla show. The other is a Kong show. And like, they're not like they don't expand upon the other Kaiju. Well, I don't know. It sounds like it sounds like uh, it sounds like the Godzilla show will have it from the sounds of it. At least it sounds like it will have other Kaiju, I think. That's what we're told, but like we'll see. Uh, we will. I, I suppose we don't have any trailers. We don't really know much about it outside of what KDM has said. So, and I don't know. It just I I'm finding I I I know it's like the idea that I'm like just the monsterverse hater and oh he's. I mean, look if this if this if people really want to keep want the monsterverse to actually keep going then the monsterverse is going to have to build a world it does exactly because i don't think it'd be able to sustain itself on just a constant like oh godzilla crossover with kong again oh we'll have a, a godzilla or kong solo movie now and oh we'll have him cross over again you know it, it's it's it can't sustain sustain itself it can't i like the circumstances that there were circumstances that led to GVK being as much of a success it is, um, I I don't I suspect that GXK will not have the same success. I'm I'm actually very curious to see how well it does financially. Likewise, I I just it's like uh, to me it's like since Avengers Endgame. I've been marveled out. I've mm. watched two of the sh- movies and I've watched half of uh, three of the movies and half of the show. A show. Yeah. Part of it is I I don't want to sit and watch like 64 episodes of TV shows to understand what I'm seeing in a two hour movie. Yeah, I don't. I don't have the time. I can't even finish Ultraman 80. <laughs> um, Which is more the other, important. Right. And like I like I watched Spider-Man No Way Home. That was like the epilogue to phase four. Mm-hmm. And then I watched Doctor Strange and I watched the Eternals and that's been it. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I can't find, I want to see Moon Knight. I want to see uh, Werewolf by Night and I want to see Guardians of the Galaxy volume three. But beyond that, I'm like, I don't really care. Like, yeah, I just, I, I find myself having trouble because to me, like I grew up on the MCU I saw my story conclude, and it's funny. Like, Iron Man is my favorite MCU character, and now that he's gone, I'm like, I, I don't really care. I yeah. don't really care. Mm. My MCU is done. 
And that's kind of how the MonsterVerse feels. Now, granted, I'm more of a Godzilla fan than a Marvel fan. I will forever go see anything Godzilla related, even if it's an anime, even if it's a TV show or like, I'll go watch it. Yeah, it's yeah, I'm I'm slave. I'm I'm a slave to the to the corporate franchise of Godzilla as well. (laughs) So I will go see GXK, but Godzilla versus Kong came out. That was what we were building up to the collision that. I think they said it even in the synopses. The two epic titans colliding on a path of destruction. That's what I was here for. Yeah. When they announced Godzilla vs. Kong, that was the biggest thing ever. And now it's came and gone. And Wingard, in my opinion, threw it out the window. And here we are with him back again. Somebody who I don't think understands genre franchises or Japanese products trying to do it again, except this time he's not even like following the hype of the two biggest film icons colliding. Now Mm. it's their buds and they're here to fight a villain. It just feels like leftovers. (laughs) I, I do agree with your statement of you don't, you're you're curious how the film's going to perform because you don't think it will perform well. I don't think it will. I feel like it'll come out and people will say this is pretty awful. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's pretty shallow. It doesn't have a lot. It's yeah. boring. It's bland. Because mm-hmm. I I I genuinely don't think Wingard can make a good franchise movie. Yeah. And I think, and I mean, the success of GVK was lightning in a bottle because of just all the factors with like COVID and everything Mm -hmm. that just coming out at basically the perfect time for itself, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you didn't notice, GVK doesn't get a lot of recognition now. It really doesn't. Yeah. It got got a lot of buzz when it came out. But once COVID stopped being a thing... They didn't like even in promoting for like movies that saved cinema and like coming back to the movies. Nobody talked about GVK. Yeah, I, a lot of people undersell that. The only re- people who would ever bring it up were Godzilla fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, it's true. It is absolutely true. Godzilla versus Kong saved theaters. Yeah. When when it came out, plenty of articles were written about how it saved theaters. Mm. It was the movie to bring people back to theaters. Yeah. But after, like, every other blockbuster came out, people were like, oh, look at Marvel, look at DC, look at all of this stuff that saved theaters. Mm. What's Godzilla versus Kong? Mm. It was like, okay, I guess we've moved on. Yeah, I mean, that could also just be uh, a product of monster movies kind of getting just... just being seen as lesser... People don't understand monster movies. It's true. It's true. They are undervalued by the general population. So I mean, I feel like even monster movies like Frankenstein are undervalued because like... Oh, no, 100%. <laughs> like the whole idea of like there's humanity in this monster and, and people don't see that. Like that movie, that what it says in that movie is how that movie is viewed. Like, 
people don't look at the fact that the monster has humanity. They just look at it as a universal monster movie. Yeah. But nobody's going to really overlook Godzilla X Kong, a new empire, because it's not going to have anything to really overlook. Well, at least we can agree on that. But Godzilla Zero, that's that's exciting. Mm, mm. Anyways, we've talked a fair a fair lot, and we haven't even brought up our main topic today. Yeah, because I didn't tell you what Tokusatsu I watched. Mm. Oh yeah, that's true. So, did you watch any? You know, that's a great question. I don't really remember. We've been talking well, so much about news that I kind of forgot if I watched any Toku. Wait. It's it's Star Wars month. Did you did you watch the second Star Wars movie? I did. I watched the second Star Wars movie. And man, it's oh, that's so awesome. di- What's it called? So, uh Well, if I remember right, they actually went like on a they they started the war and like they they like they went into space finally. Like, the first Star Wars was establishing, like, a problem between two clans, and now we actually go into into space. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, it was like the beginning of a war in, in, in space, and I'm trying to remember. A, a planetary war, you could say? Yes, yes. Um, God, what, what movie is it? Um. It's 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 Star Wars two. I mean, yeah, but it, it has a different title. It's not Star Wars two because they wanted to differentiate the itself. It, no, they wanted to differentiate oh. itself from the Hidden Fortress. Oh, um, okay. okay, yep, 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 makes sense. Yeah, because like they they knew that like the genre change was so big that they wanted to like loosely connect it, but not really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Makes make, make sense. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was it called? Rex, can you help me? Uh, well, I, I I, don't know, but I did watch a small film. I don't know if this is the one you're talking about, but I watched like a Toho film called The War in Space from 1977. That's right. Because, yeah, yes, Hidden Fortress was Toho as well. That's right. War in Space was Toho's second Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's why I watched it today. Oh, my God. And it's Tokusatsu. Yeah, that's what I watched. Hey. <sighs> so, yes, we are covering the war in space today, in case it wasn't already obvious. <laughs> the second Star Wars movie. The yes. second real Star Wars movie. Yes. So... I mean, hey, it did come out in Japan before the original Star Wars did. So it did, it did. It came out so in. Technically, and... these are these are the first and second Star Wars movies in Japan. I thought, in general, they were. Shut up. So what we have here is kind of a compilation of like three different stories into one. Do you, do you want to talk about the movie, or do you want to talk about like the development prior to? Let's let's just quickly sort of begin on the development of this movie. I'd okay. say. So we have two Tanakas being producers here, by the way. So I'm just going to say the Tanakas. <laughs> uh, both had 
wanted to do Star Wars from when they saw it. Um, and special effects director Teriyoshi Nakano uh, also wanted to do a Star Wars film when he yeah. got to see it um, in Hawaii. Or no, he saw yeah. it in Japan, um, but it was like a special screening months prior to the actual Japanese release. Yeah, because the Japanese release didn't happen until 1978. Right. Uh, July this came out in 77. Yes, December 12th? 17th. December 17th, 1977. Yes. Just a few months after the original Star Wars came out, too. Mm. So they wanted to make a Star Wars movie, but the development of the film started as a sequel to Battle in Outer Space. Yes, which in and of itself was a sequel, a loose sequel to The Mysterians. But also while developing um, War in Space, they at one point connected it to the 1963 Toho film Atragon. Mm. So much so that they actually reused the concept of uh, the Gotengo mm -hmm. and renamed it and redesigned it to the Goten. Go, go I mean, Goten. Go but I mean, there is a lot of material that just calls it the Gotengo, so... Some this is people true. consider it the Gotengo. Some people consider it so it its own separate thing. I and say I'll... it looks like the Gotengo. It it drills like the Gotengo. It's basically the Gotengo. It is. And in the in the original script, the 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 main pilot's name is Jinguji. Yeah, Jinguji, mm -hmm. who's the the commander of the Gotengo in the in Atragon. So. So, I mean, it's kind of funny because this film, like, it, it's a Star Wars ripoff. It's an, a spiritual sequel to Battle in Outer Space. And in it some was, regards, it's almost like a remake, a, a space, a sci-fi space remake of uh, uh, Atragon in certain ways. So, like, this movie has a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For, for what little there is in this movie, there is a lot. Hmm. So, yeah, the film, there was a 60-day window from the development to its release. Yep. Which is almost as crazy as Godzilla vs. Megalon. I mean, from what I read from, I believe, the assistant director, the actual, like, the amount of days that they were shooting, not including, like, days where they weren't shooting, just straight all the days that they were shooting on, amounted to less than a month i mean and, which was apparently equal to about what godzilla vs mechagodzilla was roughly that's interesting speaking of mechagodzilla um you might be able to tell me uh i know i'm jumping into the film but did they reuse one of the filming locations from that movie in war in space the building that the uh pilot the skipper the uh captain was at was that reusing the same? Um, it looked I, the same. I couldn't tell. There were definitely a few moments where I thought uh, some things did look familiar. And I did find out that because uh, there were a couple miniature explosions early on during like the alien's first attack where I'm like, hmm, is that stock footage? And I looked it up and yeah, there's a bit of stock footage from The Last War, um, Conflagration. Ibra and um, or not conflagrations uh, Japan sinks and prophecies of Nostradamus uh, 
and battle in outer space. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, and sorry, that kind of threw me through. I mean, you're right. <laughs> um, there was there was stock footage used. Um, maybe maybe there was um maybe there were some similar filming locations to Terror of Mechagodzilla or Godzilla versus maybe I'm not sure. My research didn't really mention any of that. The only real connection made significant connections to Godzilla in my research was um, just the fact that the director of this film, Jun Fukuda, um, and also I believe, and both of the writers mm -hmm. had been attached to Godzilla 84 or like can't, a scrap version of 84. So in 1977, it was, I think it was Resurrection of Godzilla. I think this was called. Yes. Where um, Jun Fukuda was attached to be the director and Ryuzo Nak Nakanishi um, was intended on, you know, writing the screenplay. That project fell through and eventually they got transferred to um, this film. But then also the other, one of the other writers, Shuichi Nagahara, went on to later write some of the other uh, later Godzilla scripts, which eventually evolved into 84. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, so this movie, uh, I mean, it the production schedule sounds very much like a Fukuda film. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, infamously, Godzilla vs. Megalon had three weeks to film yeah. um, and like a month for post-production. There wasn't even a script developed. Um, however, unlike Megalon, War in Space did have a script. Yeah. Um, but even then, it's like um, it had a script, but like Megalon had like a production cycle of like what, three or four months? Was it three months? I want to say it was three months. Yeah, whereas this would have been like about four months, because I think the first script, or maybe five months, because I think the first script for this came in uh, mid-September, I want to say, was when the first draft? Uh, I want to say it was September 12th, the first yeah, draft. Yeah, around that, the, around the that The second time. draft in what became the final draft was 13th, October 13th. 12th. Uh, was September 13th? Yeah. And then it was October 12th when the final script was submitted. Yeah, and, and then December seventeenth for release date. That that is a short production time span. Mm -hmm. Now, and I will say, I, it feels that way. Um, I definitely felt it throughout the film. Um, this is where I would say I'm going to go into the film. If you're ready yep. to talk about, okay. Yep. So right away, we're introduced to a very seventies esque feel. Um, the score in this movie sounds very seventies esque. Mm -hmm. Um. Another movie that this reminded me of was Legend of Dinosaurs and Monster Birds, a Toei production that features a very 70s-esque soundtrack, um, which I believe came out in 1977 as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, around that time. And we are introduced to our group of characters that we're going to follow throughout the film um, in a very Top Gun-esque feel. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was my immediate thought. It was like... Top Gun? Wait, this this predates it. So maybe maybe Top Gun was inspired by the war in space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So our main character 
I guess he's our main character. There's mm-hmm. not really a main character in this movie. Yeah. The closest thing to one is a man named Miyoshi. Who has been training in America for two years, right? It was two years? I mean, he was, yeah, he was working in the UN for some time. Some mm-hmm. amount of time. And he went to America and he was brought back just in time. Um, There was some weird, wasn't it elect- electromagnetic pulses? Um, yeah. That were like interrupting broadcast and, and they were trying to investigate. We're introduced to the rest of our characters. Um, The head of the Japanese branch of the UN, uh, who mm-hmm. really, after like the first 30 minutes, becomes irrelevant for the rest of the film. Yeah. Um, Our Han Solo? of this film and his love interest who he's engaged to. Um, Mm. But very early on, we discover that she has a thing for our main character, but because she's engaged, she's not like venturing onto that. Yeah. And then like that, that so you have your love triangle and that's who we kind of follow throughout the film, but there are a ton of side characters that have plenty of screen time to also add in um here like we right of be free <laughs> yeah i was i'm excited when we get to the cast and crew of this film i have i have so much written down like there's this cast has a lot going on for it so from here we're introduced to the problem mm. in a very the transformers the movie unicron appears out of nowhere feel um as our main characters are in the UN base in Japan, a broadcast comes in. Uh, From a space keep in mind, station known as the Terra. Mm-hmm. Which, that sounds familiar. Was that a callback to anything? I don't know. Kind of. <laughs> I, I felt like... Probably a generic name, honestly. <laughs> oh, the, it's the name of the planet in G- Gamera versus Guiron. That's why I, re- I remembered it. Planet Terra. I guess you didn't pick up on that. It's been a while since I saw Gueron. (laughs) I mean, fair enough. Um, But before all this happens, like, there's a few minutes of, like, establishment of they're welcoming him back to Japan. And, like, we find out the two are engaged and... Like that, that's kind of like at the, while they're at the bar, they get a call to go back to the base. Yeah. Um, while they're in the base, they get a call from the planet of uh, the station, like you said. And we have a character saying that something's going on and a giant ship attacks the station and the communication connection. has been lost. So then it's like, OK, we have to go to space. And figure out what's going on. Mm. Don't they figure out that the the source of this is on Venus at this point? Um, I don't remember. Sometimes listening to the dub was kind of... I couldn't always make out what they were actually saying. <laughs> so... Fair. Fair. So, I'm pretty sure they discover they have to go to Venus at this point. They find that the source of, of the transmissions are coming from venus Mm -hmm. and they have to go to this scientist slash captain 
who designed this ultimate battleship to finish building it, to launch and go after the enemy and find out and figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um. By At this point, we're introduced to our Jinguchi character, mm-hmm. who... That's a Takikawa. Uh, who is uh, interrupted by this American after he gets off the phone with the Japanese UN uh, representative, the head of the branch. He gets off the phone after being told that the scientist dies. He appears magically at his house Ooh. where he's like, you got to finish the Goten. You got to, it's either you do finish it or you have to give me the blueprints and the UN will finish it. Mm-hmm. And the funniest thing happens here. Our Jinguchi character offers the American scientist a cigarette. Uh-huh. And he lights it and he's smoking. <laughs> and he says, the real science, uh, what's, I don't remember his name, but he's like. The real Schmidt. The real Schmidt is dead. He would never use a lighter with his right hand. And I'm like, oh my god, really, really. I I, I actually laughed at that because it's like, really, that's what we're going with. This is some real I mean, James Bond stuff. I mean, hey, I'm all for it. So then we find out that the aliens have infiltrated uh, humanity, Final War style, but it just so happens that our main uh, cast is going to his house at this current moment and busts in and saves the day and kills the alien invader only to find out he is an alien. Yes. And this is where the call to arms is and our Jinguchi character goes to the island that the Goten is based at and finishes it. Yeah. While this happens... the aliens begin to invade the Earth. Which is where we got stock footage. Yes. Uh, but there are a few new shots in this too um, yeah. of miniatures, which was kind of nice to see. Um, they called these, uh, the director, Jun Fukuda, called the spaceships, I believe, flying eggs is what he called them. Mm. They're like these little round balls that just like go pew, 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 pew. Yeah. And they the destroy some supplementary material calls them like Hellfighters or something like that. Yes, that's the actual name. Fukuda just called them Flying Eggs because he thought it was funny. <laughs> I um, mean, that's basically what they are. Yeah. So they're like, we have to get this done in three days. It's mm-hmm. never really established how much they had left. but I mean, they say that it was near complete. Like, so but, like, like beforehand, so... But, like, we don't get any development for, like, why it was stopped or scrapped or whatever it was. Look, just man, this is this is Atragon White, okay? <laughs> Who needs explanations? So... Who needs motivations? In, I mean, fair. So, like, the spaceships fi- eventually find out that this is the island that the Goten's at, and they're just, like, blasting it. Yeah. They're waiting on one more crew member to appear. And this is where I need to establish that I'm going to get a lot of flack for this episode. Because Nathan, a podcast friend, fellow podcaster, does the Monster Island Film Vault, is obsessed with this movie. So much so that 
one of his characters in his show uh, is Jimmy from NASA taken from I was, this. I was going to ask you about that. I was going to ask you if, if, if Jimmy from NASA in this movie is where that was from. Yes. <laughs> Cause he I heard, even, I heard them say Jimmy from NASA. I'm like, wait a minute. Yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So that whole character is from this movie in Nathan's podcast lore. Jimmy from NASA didn't actually die on the fight in at Venus. He just escaped and now is the producer and like watches over Monster Island. <laughs> Nathan's going to be pissed when he finds out we covered this ep- this movie and he was not invited. <laughs> I'm going to get a message. Why didn't you invite me to this podcast? I am the ultimate fan of the war in space. And to that, I say, sorry, Nathan, we're recording at 6 a.m. I don't think you want to be up. (laughs) So Jimmy from NASA has to like parachute in and then like swim under the uh, under the island to get in. And I guess he accidentally leaks how the aliens can get in. And as they're finalizing the Goten, the aliens just so happen, movie magic, to invade the base as they're reaching completion. Yeah. And they succeed. They kill all the people that are like the crew, like the ground crew. And then they get into the Goten. And as they're like, they have the main uh, like bridge crew like trapped. They're like, don't move or we'll kill you. Our group of characters just so happens to walk in and go pew, pew, pew and kill all of them. They have the best timing in this movie. I know, right? This is look, it's 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 just one of Kamen Rider V Freeze 26 secrets. This movie is just full of plot conveniences. But mm-hmm. it's fine. It's fine. It's mm-hmm. Toho sci-fi Ega. Like, mm-hmm. what, what are you going to expect? Godzilla somehow got magnetic magneto powers. Yeah, it's going to yeah. happen. <laughs> so from here, they launch the Goten. The Goten absolutely obliterates the alien fleet that's like destroyed the world, I guess. Real final mm-hmm. war stuff. You you can't tell me Kitamura did not take inspiration from War in Space. Mm. Or at least like understood what Showa sci-fi Toho stuff did. I mean he, there's a good chance he saw this film, honestly. I mean it was pretty successful uh at its time from what I understand. Didn't have it have over like a million uh Roughly a million um, people saw it in theaters, so. Which was pretty big, considering, um, what was Terror of Mechagodzilla's numbers? Wasn't it like? Terror of Mechagodzilla's were real low. It it was the lowest in the Godzilla franchise until City on the Edge of Battle. Yeah. 970,000. So, a little more than Terror of Mechagodzilla. Um, but even like that was considered really bad for a franchise like Godzilla, but yeah. considering like Warren space was this brand new IP. Um, I don't, I mean, granted they never planned to go anywhere with it, but I mean, the fact it hit a million was pretty good for the time. 
especially considering at this point Japanese cinema was dying. Yeah. Um, oh, it was in a bad state. <laughs> so the Goten obliterates the alien fleet and they set off for space. And this is about at the 32 minute mark. I think that's when I when I checked it was at 32 minutes we finally got in space. I was kind of surprised by that. Like we we get into space very quick. This movie does not Oh, the first act is really quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're really quick to getting things like the Go Tango up and running. Mm-hmm. And that's something I do appreciate about this movie is it moves. Mm. I mean, given a lot of, like, this whole, like, beginning section is things that, you know, have been seen before in other Toho films, I think it's good that it does do that and doesn't Mm -hmm. just waste time on them. That's actually a great point because, like, like we've, I've said, like, there's plot conveniences everywhere. We, we've had a love triangle. We, we had the Atragon. So, like, it was really smart of them to do that. Like, that's... Mm -hmm. I I would dare to guess they kind of knew what they were doing. Maybe. So they go into space and just like in battle in outer space, um, one of the scenes in that movie that stands out to me is when uh, our main crew goes to space and they see the wreckage of the space station. And like, there's a body that's floating with it. Um, We get something similar. We have a piece of the space station that's just floating. Um, it's not as good as Battle in Outer Space, but, you know, it's late 70s Toho sci-fi. It's not going to be as detailed as the late 50s were. Um, but they they stop to see if there's any survivors or anybody they can pay respects to. And the person that uh, was on the telecopter telling them that the space station was being attacked, they find his body, bring him back um, to the Goten, and they plan to have a funeral. Yeah, this is where um, I wanted to point out that they definitely took inspiration from 2001: A Space Odyssey for the oh, space, with the suits. space suits. Yeah, yes, yep. I thought the exact same thing. <laughs> um, which was cool, especially with the helmets. Yes, yes, that was the giveaway. While it's not confirmed, there is a rumor that uh, Stanley Kubrick took inspiration from Invasion of Astro Monster for 2001. Again. There's nothing to suggest that is facts. I'm not saying that's a fact. I would like, I I like, I hope that's true. In my head canon, yes, it's a fact, but there's nothing to actually confirm that. And we will never get that confirmation. That was something that a critic said without any actual proof or backing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd like to think that, you know, Toho influenced Kubrick and then Kubrick influenced Toho. I mm-hmm. think that would be kind of cool. I, I doubt it actually is the case, but, you know, say la vie, right? Um, Godzilla's cool. I say it's true, even if I'm <laughs> wrong. Fair enough. But speaking of, like, 2001 A Space Odyssey and whatnot, American space films, they bring the body back, and to nobody's surprise, it's actually an alien in disguise. She kidnaps the female and takes her out into the airlock where an a, a spaceship has been waiting to pick should, them up. Should also mention this woman is the daughter of the professor. Ta- yes. Takigawa. She's engaged to one of the characters. She's in love yeah. with the other one and she's the daughter of the captain. Yep. They're all connected. Everybody's connected somehow. 
Jimmy's an Except old. For everyone else. Yeah. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy's uh, an old like uh, colleague, um, friend. He kind of is like. I'm going to be honest. Jimmy's a really weird character because they're like, we can't do this without Jimmy. And then he just kind of sits there. Mm. And like, he, he brings nothing but like just another side character. He's, um, he's there just to sacrifice himself near the end. Yes. Uh, he, he's the Kobayashi of this movie, except without the character development. Mm-hmm. His, his one scene of character development is like when we're told that like his whole family died. Yeah, literally, the story is we got this uh, telecommunication. We didn't tell you before we left for obvious reasons, but here you go. Your whole family's dead, and you're alone now. Mm. And we just get the act. I'm sorry, but the acting from him is awful. He just kind of stares. <laughs> he's yes, he does. Ah, uh, oh, what's what's the famous actor that just stares? Um, there's like jokes about it that he just stands there and stares. Um, um I, think, I think I know what you're talking about. Who is it? Um, I I was like, man, it's just that dude. But yeah, it's like it's that joke of like, there's the one actor that all his acting ability is intently staring off into the void that we never see yeah and that's essentially what jimmy does yes and so going back to where we are chronologically so the girl gets kidnapped yep and that is where the star wars actually comes in like up to the 40 it's 45 minutes in mm-hmm. i have in to a, give them in props. about an 85 or so minute film yes I have to give them props because it takes 45 minutes for it to actually feel like they're t- taking influence from Star Wars. Yeah. Um. Up until this point, it feels more just like your classic Toho science oh, fiction sci-fi. film. Oh, yeah. yeah. This film is basically split into two separate halves. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. Mm. It doesn't straight up take Star Wars – but it also doesn't just take everything we've seen from all the other Toho sci-fi films and replace it. Yeah. It's it's a really good balance. So this is where our main crew then like dead bolts to Venus, which mm. I, I will say, I thought it was kind of weird. They went to Venus. Um, Nakano picked Venus specifically because that's where exploded. They wanted a lot of explosions, and they knew Venus was the planet. He did research and found out that Venus would be the planet where a ton of explosions happen. Mm-hmm. So that's why that he picked a, Venus. That is such an Econo thing. It is. It's such <laughs> an Econo thing, and I'm all for it. So they go to Venus. They crash land. They send their destroy all monsters uh, rail car onto yeah. the Venus. Venus- Venusian surface and scout around for the uh, alien base which they find out it's a spaceship with a force field type shield that was that reminded me a lot of the Mysterians <laughs> like like we've been saying this film takes a lot of influence from uh, Toho sci-fi and yep. 
we we kind of do lose the Star Wars influence until they go into the ship. Um, at this point, it, it kind of drops the Star Wars and goes back to classic Toho. Um, minus the fact that it's set on Venus, right? From here, we are introduced to the villain lead character. Um, does he have a name? I feel like he's never uh, given a name. He's hell. He's he's like the hell commander. Yes. Which looks like this, like, knight that's blue. Yeah. He's basically like, we live in another galaxy, and our planet is dying. We want your planet. We need the Earth. Yes. Pretty much the Black Hole Alien 3. I wonder why, I wonder if there's anything else that makes him seem like the Black Hole Planet aliens. Is it the the masks that every time you kill the alien, you rip off and it reveals their true selves? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm referring to the commander himself. The actor. Is he... Is he... I, I didn't get to research him, but is he the... It's Goro uh, Mutsumi. Okay. Is it? Yes. So yes, by the time this, this episode comes out, I will meet him. Oh. Ah, I Wait. should have him sign a war in space. Wait, Mutsumi? Right? dead? Or am I thinking of... The other actor from Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Probably, because I'm pretty sure Goro Mitsumi died a couple years ago. Hold on. Yes, he did. He died in 2021. Rest in peace. Mm, agreed. Yeah, uh, Goro Mitsumi played Kuronuma in Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. He was the supreme leader of um, Black Hole Aliens in there. And he played and he played Mughal in Terror of Mechagodzilla, which is basically the same role, just under a different name, because Kuranuma died in the first film. So he plays the Hell Commander in this, and honestly, under all that makeup, I wouldn't have noticed unless I didn't already read about it. Yeah, I didn't even notice that, like, that actually really surprises me. I mean, it didn't help that I was also watching the dub, so couldn't exactly hear his voice. That is fair, I I watched the dub. Maybe if I heard if I heard the sub version, then you know it, maybe hearing his voice, it would have been more obvious. Mm-hmm. So they find the spaceship. They're given the ultimatum. They don't follow that. They say, "Nope, we're gonna fight you and win." Yeah, which ends with uh, our crew coming up with this plan to drop a rock that's over the spaceship onto it to destroy the force field and then infiltrate to get our female character back mm-hmm. and defeat the Exilian invasion force. Oh, sorry, that's the wrong movie. <laughs> defeat the alien invasion force. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, isn't that more like Atragon anyways? Cause I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's once again, where basically happens in Atragon. I don't remember if it was... Was it this? Was it Jinguji's daughter in Atragon who got kidnapped? I want to say it was. I know. I know they definitely rescue someone from the like Mughal Empire and uh, from the Empire in uh, Atragon. It's been a long time since I've watched Atragon, but yeah, yeah it's, it's so essentially that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we get a Godzilla raids again dogfight with uh, our Hellfighters fighting the human. Our, our human characters, we have Jimmy, our main character, or no, not the main character, the main love uh, character, the the guy who's engaged to the, the guy girl. The guy who's engaged, uh, mm-hmm. Maroi. 
while our main character is on the ground in the rail car getting mm-hmm. to a spot where he can go in with his to team the, to the alien ship yeah yes um so the dog fight ends as uh, pretty much how you would expect it um they defeat the hell fighters but in the process everybody but the main love interest character that's flying uh dies dies jimmy this dies every- jimmy who, like but I said, very does tragically a, sacrifices himself. Yeah, he gets hit by a Hellfighter as and he's crash landing. He does intently. He stares intently at that rock. He crashes into the rock like Kobayashi did in Raids Again, and then down goes the rock, destroying the, the uh, force, force field. field. And then our main character and his team infiltrates and. I mean, just as you would expect, like they get to the point where um, like they think they've got it uh, slowly. There's three of them, three, four. There's four of them. Mm-hmm. Um, one dies pretty early on. The other two die when they get ambushed. And uh, this is when our uh, Goten crew finds out that he has been captured and he's with the uh, captain's daughter and they're going to kill him if they don't uh surrender yeah we're also introduced to a chewbacca wannabe um yeah, i forgot to bring that up beast man the space beast man which looks like chewbacca but with horns and a scythe yeah um this cool. he is cool but like this whole sequence like in star wars again we're back to the star wars aspects of the film in Star Wars, like, the captive stuff goes on for a while, if I remember correctly. Whereas here, it's very quick. Like, she's captive, he gets captured. I mean, I mean this film is about, like, under 90 minutes, whereas Star Wars was over two hours. So This is true. <laughs> but, like, it, it just, it moves. Like, this movie does not, like, slow down. Oh, yeah. They get to the point where they're both locked up. However, a female character watched the villain do some buttons and was like, we can figure this out. Yeah. Um, But they don't even have to because one of the guards who's going to kill them opens the door. They kill the guard and then they escape. And then they have to fight the Chewbacca character with a scythe that like glows this is where our uh, main character pulls out is a knife that glows. a light knife, not a lightsaber, a light knife. Hmm. And, and the the knife is blue. Meanwhile, the axe is is red. Red. Ooh. Ooh. Um. He stabs the beast man, and the beast man dies. They escape. Very sad. Huh. Very sad. Yeah, it is. And poor Chewie. Poor Chewie. It's not even he doesn't even sound like Chewbacca. They miss the best part about Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. So they get to like the place where they can escape. They pull the clothes off of one of the dead characters to give to the girl. She yeah. puts it on, which is a little weird. And they escape and they get in the rail cart and they get back to the Goten and this is where our Wait, final they fight have a suit prepared for her beforehand. How are they huh? going to rescue her? If they didn't have a suit prepared to her beforehand, how were they going to rescue the rescue her? Maybe they plan on somebody dying. 
<laughs> Men, one of you's not going to come back. You're going to have to take your clothes off for my daughter. Wait, Damn. that doesn't sound right. <laughs> um, it's also worth mentioning, uh, like halfway through the film, our main character and the main guy character who's engaged to the girl, he tells him he the engaged guy tells the main character, hey, if I die, you need to take care of my girl because my girl actually loves you. And you left because you didn't want to get attached to her because you knew she loved you. And I could never compete with you. And we're friends and you were a buddy and you let me have the girl. But if I die, you have to be her everything. And he's like, well, I don't really want to do that. But he says, sure, anyways. So I bring up all of the love interest stuff about how he wanted to take care of her if he died and whatnot. Because... Uh, our captain says, you're good now. Let's, like, come back. We'll mm -hmm. get out of here. Mm -hmm. And as he's staring intently to get back, uh, the alien spaceship lifts off and blows him up. And everybody's upset and everybody's sad, but then they move on very quickly because they have a final fight. Yes. A fight to the death between the aliens and the humans in space. You could say it's the war in, war space. in space. Yeah, yeah. So from here, we have a dogfight between the two ships. The Goten takes a beating here. Like, yeah, I'm actually surprised how well built the Goten is because, like, it gets pummeled, and it's like, I'm good, I'm great, we fine. I mean, I mean it's got a it's got a revolver weapon in it. <laughs> it does, it does, and Nakano said specifically the reason they did the revolver weapon is just so it looked like it was more combative. I mean, um, hey, it looks cool. It does, it does. So, we then get, like, for a solid ten minutes, we get a fight between the Goten and the aliens. It looks like the Goten's going to lose, and then it looks like the aliens are going to lose, and then it looks like the Goten's out for the count because it crash lands. Yeah. Um... And they're like, we got to fix things. So while they're like fixing it and like the aliens, I guess, are like just waiting for something to happen. Like they, they give them a lot of time yeah. to like figure out what to do. Strange we didn't cut back to them. wonder what they were doing. Yeah. Um, we have a Dr. Sirizawa moment. We have the, the captain who designed and built the ship. He's like, everybody go. I'll be right behind you. Mm. why i don't know like the whole plan was to stay on the ship and like fight and like repair it so why is everybody going like not everybody knows how to repair this right mm. the maybe it's, maybe he, maybe he thinks it's too badly damaged for them to survive maybe but like what's their plan like it, they're like so he tells his daughter and the main character to go follow the crew and that he'll be right behind them Mm -hmm. So then they she leaves and he goes into this secret compartment down to where the drill is. Yes. Um they come back uh, the love intro the main character and the female come back in and are like, where is where is he? Where's my dad? Um and then I guess a pre-recorded message happens. Uh I I I don't 
I don't really understand. Like, I don't know if he's saying it, if it's pre-recorded or what. Um, but he basically is like this weapon, the reason I, or this ship, the reason I didn't want anybody else making it is because it has a very destructive weapon that could mm. destroy the galaxy. And that's why um, the aliens wanted the blueprints earlier. And so they're like, uh, they're like trying to figure because out where he's This at. information is pretty casually dropped off in Yes, and and all they do is stare intently. This movie should just be called Staring Intently, the movie in space. Hmm. So our captain launches the drill, and the drill is just like rotating its way towards the alien spacecraft that's just there. And I guess the aliens think they're winning because, you know, it takes them a while to start firing at the drill. But all it does is like make it glow. more, yeah, make it glow, and then it it just drills right in all the way to the palace where the main villain is at, and there we have an explosion. And while yep. this is all happening, they quickly fix the Goten. The Goten lifts and flies away, and mm. the explosion destroyed. Yeah, we just don't have a eighth planet anymore yeah okay i mean i guess following Ghidorah's little adventure there i guess venus was basically useless anyways yeah this is true <laughs> so and that's the that's end the film. like they they just the end the war in space pops up on screen and then the end mm-hmm Copyright um, Toho Pictures. Yeah. Or whatever the whichever Toho production company it was for this film. Toho Izu, Izo and Toho. Oh. Okay. Um Toho Izo was a subdivision that uh worked on a lot of the late uh the early nineteen seventies Showa Godzilla movies. Yeah, and Zone Fighter. Mm-hmm. So this movie is very how do I say this? Like, I like it. I enjoy it. But it's also like, it's so empty. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely feels like it was to cash in on Star Wars. Yeah. Um, it's. I, I enjoyed it as another Toho sci-fi film. I, every time I watch Toho sci-fi films, like, you know, the past, like year or so I've been trying to watch a few a few of them one or two every couple months you know since you know ever since I was trying to expand my horizons from Godzilla I'm trying to watch a bit more and you know every time I do I have good fun with them and I did mm-hmm. with this but it definitely it kind of had the same issue as Space Amoeba for me where both of those films I liked both of them but they don't really compare to say um Atragon or even something like Gorath or Mysterians or mm-hmm. It's very Okay, maybe obvious. Dogra they can compare to, but yeah. Dogra at least had the dynamic between the two main characters, which mm-hmm. I think is by far that film's strongest aspect. Right. Whereas this didn't quite have anything like that. 
I mean, all the characters are fairly shallow mm-hmm. in this film. And I, I think part of the... So, War in Space is pretty much Toho's last hurrah into the Showa-era science fiction and mm. uh, genre cinema. Yeah. Following this, they wouldn't really do a lot until 1984 mm-hmm. um, with Bye Bye Jupiter and Godzilla 1984. Yeah. I mean, and, I think they did have a film called um, Magnitude 8.0, was it? Yes. Which is like a disaster film. Yes. Um, they did have that, mm-hmm. but I mean, and like they, they worked on like virus, uh, day of destruction mm-hmm. and a few other things, but like to- Toho's classic sci-fi films ended with war in space. Yeah. And I mean, it, it kind of feels like a best of real, like a highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we can do flying machines. We can do uh miniature vehicles we can we can do uh the animation i mean mean, this whole film a lot of this film does feel like a repeat of things that had been seen in a lot of toho's other sci-fi films like yes yeah you've got you've got obviously the go tango you've got i mean you've got scenes taken from battle in outer space with like that whole bit of like body that they find in space mind you i haven't seen battle in outer space so i'm going off what you're saying on that bit um you've got like the fight with the force field being very mysterious mm-hmm. you know and that oh, also that. happens in battle in outer space too oh really huh. mm-hmm. and, and i mean this to be fair this film was intended originally to be a sequel to battle in outer space right so I yeah it, it just it and the ending feels very atrogon as well I should mention yes the movie just n- doesn't seem to find a way to cover it, it's very much a company film mm-hmm. it covers everything it doesn't come into its own it yes it, it's very derivative <laughs> and not just of Star Wars. If you've if you've seen Battle in Outer Space, Atragon, like Mysterians, one of the Mecha Godzilla films, and Star Wars, you kind of have War in Space. Yeah, you'll see where this is going from a mile away. You'll see all the twists and turns of like the aliens, like oh, the aliens are actually that that guy there. He's an alien, you know. Yeah, it just it never ceases to surprise you. Everything happens like beat for beat as you would expect a Toho film. Mm-hmm. It's very much like cliched in that mm-hmm. regard. Yeah. Which, I mean, it, it kind of surprised me um, considering the people on this weren't. I mean, you had director Jun Fukuda, who was assistant director on Rodan directed Secret of the Talesian, Ebra Horror of the Deep, Son of Godzilla, Godzilla vs. Gigan, Megalon, as we mentioned prior, Mechagodzilla, Espy, some episodes of Zone Fighter and the television show Monkey. Um, he also was writer on Zone Fighter, Megalon, Horror of the Wolf, um, and Mechagodzilla. Mm. Horror You're... of the Wolf is uh, Toho's wolf guy, right? Or... Yes, yes, okay. it is. Okay, yep. Um, you also had Hidichi... Nakahara, 
who worked on 84 and Bye Bye Jupiter. Yeah. Um, and then you had Ryuzu uh, Nakashini, Naka, Nakanishini, um, who worked yeah. on Gap of the Trifibian Monster and Godzilla 84. Yeah. Um, 84 in its earliest story, yes. Earliest, earliest stage. Yes. You had a new producer on War and Space, um, Fumio Tanaka, who served as executive producer on The Vampire Doll, Space Amoeba, Lake of Dracula, Evil of Dracula, and Espy, was assistant producer on Bye Bye Jupiter and Godzilla 84, and actually was the author of the Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah novelization. Huh. Um, and then, like, you, you had Tomoyuki Tanaka, who... I mean, need I list off his credits? Practically every Godzilla film from 1954 to 1995. And yeah. every sci-fi kaiju or sci-fi film like Toho A produced. Lot of Kurosawa from, films as well. Yeah, like Tanaka just did everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, didn't he, be, he became head of Toho um, like late 80s, early 90s-ish, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. So like... It, out of the main crew, like you only had Tanaka that was like really established with this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, part of it was the rush production. Part of it, I think, was just that by the late 1970s, Toho had basically moved to television. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't producing the sci fi epics. And like Warren Space is an example of they just threw it together to try to piggyback off of Star Wars before Star Wars came out. Mm-hmm. Um, even your your cast, um, Kensaku Morita was only in Virus. Um, when it comes to Tokusatsu, um, I mean, he also went on to later do the Skull Soldier as well later on. Mm-hmm. Um, both uh, Yuko Asano, the female character, and Masaya Oki, their only Tokusatsu credits were War in Space, from what I could mm-hmm. find. Um, mm-hmm. You had Ryo Ikibi, Ikibe, who was in Gorath and Battle in Outer Space. Kind of ironic. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely that, remember him in Gorath being like one of the main guys behind uh, building like the whole things they build in Antarctica <laughs> to make the Earth move. Yeah. Um, as we've mentioned, Hiroshi Miyakuchi. Um, who was Common Rider V3. I mean, he also played just like a bunch of Toku heroes in like the early 70s. He was in Nazuman, Zubat. Was he one of the Kakaidas? Um, I'm trying to was, remember who was. So the credits I have him for was Tokyo Blackout, Common Rider V3 plus the movies. He appeared in Sky Rider, Stronger, X... Um, he was in Go Ranger, plus the movies for that. He was in Jack Q, uh, Spider-Man, Gavin, Wing Spectre, uh, Solbren, Exceed uh, Draft, uh, O-Ranger. Um, he was in, and he was in Kamen Rider the First. Mm-hmm. A lot of television credits, but not a lot of movie credits. Yeah. Um, Tokusatsu-wise. You did have William Ross, who anybody who knows a lot of, like foreign uh actors that were in showa films he's one of them uh yeah. he was in virus message from space the last, last dinosaur, dinosaur green slime 
um, Terror Beneath the Sea and the Mysterians. He was also the voice director for the English version of Gappa the Trifibian Monster. I think the most prolific actor in this movie was Akihito Hirata, who, who he played Serizawa in Godzilla 54, a frequent uh, person in, in Showa Godzilla and Showa yeah. Kaichu Ega. And um, alongside him was also uh, Shoji Nakayama, who was the commander in Ultra 7 and also appeared in a, a horror short film called biotherapy mm -hmm. um so like i mean you had a few people but a lot of the cast was pretty new to the genre um not even your 70s godzilla actors really got a lot of um inclusion in this mm -hmm. unlike something like uh, evil of dracula which had the actor who uh played goro in megalon i believe it was um Warren's Space was just, it was a whimpering of Toho's science fiction of mm -hmm. the Showa era ending, which is kind of disappointing because, I mean, I think Warren's Space has a lot uh, it could could have offered. Mm. But um, um, unfortunately, it didn't. It didn't really bring a whole lot. Mm. But what is worth, if if you're a fan of, you know, these Toho sci-fi uh, films, you'll, you'll at least get a kick from it. You will. It, if you like Toho science fiction, this is the perfect movie because it is the culmination of <laughs> you, every, like, every, uh, took, uh, every science fiction movie Toho produced from the 50s to the 70s mm. in, like, a 90-minute tight bow. Moving on past the fact it's the culmination, do you want to go ahead and, you know, we always do it with when we do these themed months. Do you want to give our ratings on yeah. our favorite I mean, I film? I don't expect this one to be very um, controversial. I don't expect our opinions to differ very much. But yeah, look, yeah, sure. Let's go with it. So, so on the count of three, why don't we just say the worst and then... We'll just say the, the best one. Mm -hmm. You ready? Yes. One, two, three. The, the war, war in space. space. And then best is the, the hidden, hidden fortress. fortress. Yeah. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. I can't yeah. believe that Akira Kurosawa made a banger movie. Yeah. And like even like if we're just looking at Fukuda films like. This isn't even his best work. I don't even dislike this film. I actually enjoyed this. It's fun. It was a pleasant surprise for me because I was expecting – I'd heard mixed things about this film. I didn't know what, what I was going to think on it, which, which usually I, I think is, helps for the fun of some of these films. Like Dogoro was actually a neat surprise for me. Mm -hmm. um, even though I didn't love Dogoro, I thought that was a fun surprise. Um, right. But – yeah, no, compared to some of Fukuda's other films, like Mechagodzilla and all of that, those are just more fun, frankly. Right. And, like, I'd even place uh, Megalon as better than War in Space, and that was more rushed. See, I don't know if I'd call it better, but I do think it's probably more, more entertaining. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. exactly. 
And like, I, I don't know. I just, the movie does like, I would, I would go as far as to say, like, you don't like, if you want to watch a Toho sci-fi movie like this, like you could just watch all the other Toho we'll watch films. Any like, of the other films that we mentioned in this recording. Yeah. Like the Mysterians and Battle Outers in Outer Space are like Or Atragon. Atra yeah, exactly. Like they're all better. And they do essentially almost everything this film does. Right. Bar some of the Star Wars ripping off, but even then there's It's not really Star not Wars. Very much of that in the film. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it it just feels like a best of Toho story collection. With a couple of Star Wars influence here and there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, which don't even I appear until over halfway through, right? The first Star Wars reference is clearly at the forty-five minute mark, which I'm pretty sure is exactly at the halfway mark, or just 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 after the halfway mark, I believe. Mm-hmm. So I I struggle to recommend this film simply because I feel like. Once, once you, I mean, there's other movies that do everything this one does, but better. But it's not like I didn't hate watching this movie. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's a nice movie to sit back and maybe just put on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a for what it is, it's a decent enough ride. It's entertaining enough, you know. Just to put on in an afternoon, you know? Mm-hmm. Would you say that this is the Toho equivalent of Godzilla vs. Kong? No, because I actually like this film. Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. But, like, on, on like GVK, everything we see in that's already been done to some extent. And it, it just kind of jumps and gets to the point really quick. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't compare this to GBK because it at least it feels like it's still trying to be a a, a film with like a a thing called a story, you know? Right, right. Uh, I know, I know, those are becoming increasingly rare these days, but like this film and, at least somewhat tries. And it's obvious, like if you listen to Kano to Nakano talking about this movie, like he clearly liked doing it. He went out of his way to research. To, like, find out Venus is the best planet to have explosions. Yeah. Um, he actually, when he was designing Venus, he went and tried to design Venus to look like Earth a little bit, which was interesting. I mean, the Venus set looks pretty good. It does. And the, and the, um, um, the background paintings as well are particularly really nice. Mm -hmm. The effects in this movie, while a little crude, I think are... Pretty I decent. think they're generally decently solid, you know, for 70s Toho. Especially on a budget in Rush. Exactly. Like, it's um, not quite AG Subaraya level, but like right. all things considered, it's it's not bad at all. Right. Um and one thing we, we failed to bring up was uh I mean we talked about the Atragon influences, but another influence for the Goten was uh space battleship yamato the anime was uh airing at this time yeah which was a massive series to my understanding yes and if you look at the goten it does have that battleship design mm -hmm. um i i noticed I that mean, the gotengo itself had that battleship design to be fair this is true <laughs> 
Um, unfor- like I wish I wish I knew more about Space Battleship Yamato. Um, Same here. The only thing I'm a- I know of is the uh, 2010 t- uh, Takashi Yamazaki uh, film. You're doing better than me. Adaptation. So yeah, I've seen um, nothing. But like, uh, from what little I have seen of Battleship Yamato, I also know that the Battleship Yamato makes a cameo in Gamera Super Monster. Unfortunately, um, it it does kind of like the especially the back of of the Goten kind of has that Battleship Yamato look, mm-hmm. uh, space Battleship Yamato to be exact. Um, but yeah, just this this movie, it's a collection of a ton of stuff, and uh, I understand why nobody really talks about it. I understand why it's kind of a lost or overlooked film in the Toho sci-fi genre compared to like Battle in Outer Space or Gorath or yeah. Mysterians. It it just it's it's lacking. It, it really is lacking something compared to those films. It's maybe it's just how shallow it is in comparison, mm-hmm. and the fact that you know. On top of being shallow, it's just everything's been done before. Right. That it just, it doesn't have the same impact as you know, Mysterians or Atragon. Right. And it's, it, I will say it's nice following this, Toho would kind of cleanse the plate um, and kind of reinvent what they were doing. Yeah. But it is kind of sad. This this is like the end of the Showa era effects. After this, Toho didn't really do anything Showa-based. Yeah. Um, and it's sad for me because I only have like a f- uh, only a small handful of these like Showa classics that I still haven't seen yet. That's how I felt when I watched uh, Legend of Dinosaurs and Monster Birds. Yeah. Because uh, that was that's quite literally like the last kaiju film that's been released in the states I haven't seen mm-hmm. uh, from the Showa era. Yeah. So like watching that was like I can never experience another Showa film really again, like for the first time. Mm. It was really surreal, like to think that I've officially hit what I would say is the end of now the Showa era. Now you've just got to hope that Gorath and other films finally get an, an English release officially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, though I like that's all I have left is like Gorath or uh Degaro versus Goliath. Um and like some some like other like uh Space Giants or Spectre Man. But that's it. Like yeah. I, I don't I movie-wise it's Gorath, Degaro versus Goliath and like Marin Kong, but I think that's a TV show. Um, God Whale. Showa for me is kind of over, and it's kind of disappointing. Mm. The golden age of Kaiju and Tokusatsu. But with that, I mean, we've been going now uh, about the movie for about an hour and ten minutes. We've almost hit the runtime of the actual movie. <laughs> um, but unlike the movie, we're we're gonna go a little faster in our conversation, so we can yeah. we can move on. Yeah, we had a long um, intro, so, you know. We did. 
So with that, I think we can go ahead and wrap things up here if you're ready. Ready. Um, so if you guys want to hear us talk or just hear and see what we do, um, Rex, why don't you let them know where they can find you at? Oh, well, dear listener, you can find me on YouTube at Rex Zeno, on Twitter at Rex, at Rex underscore Xenomorph, and on Instagram at Rex underscore Zeno. And, and if you want to check out some of my writing on Tokusatsu, go check out the Tokusatsu Network. And as for me, you can find me on YouTube at ET13Productions, on Twitter at ET13Productions, or on Instagram at ET13Productions. If you want to see my writing, um, check out kaijuramenmedia.com. I am a staff writer for the magazine. I also act as the production manager, editor, uh, however you want to classify my title, and now the publicist. So I do a lot for that. There is a paywall for most of the content, just a fair warning. Um, If you want to follow my personal socials, I'm not going to link them, but it's not hard to find them if you want to look for them. But as for the podcast, if you want to support the podcast, don't forget to rate us on iTunes. That boosts our ratings and helps us get recommended to more people just like you. Recently, we did get review bombed, um, and we're sitting at a 3.1 out of 5 star. Um, If you could help us bump that up, that would be greatly appreciated. If you don't have an Apple device, which I don't blame you, I don't, kind of. That's actually a lie. I use a MacBook to do this podcast. Stop lying, brother. Yeah. But you can rate us on Spotify now. That's something you can do. So leave us a five-star on Spotify. It also allows you to give us feedback uh, if you want to give us some messages that way. If you want to stay up to date with all things Kaiju Conversation related, follow us on Twitter at K-A-I-J-U underscore C-O-N-V-E-R-S. If you don't have Twitter, you can follow us on Instagram or like us on Facebook at the same handle. If you're like me before podcasting and you don't have any social media, lucky you, you can email us at kaijuconversation at gmail.com, all lowercase, all one word, you know the drill. And as always, we'll read your reviews on air for everyone to hear. We also have a Teespring store. Eventually, we'll have original artwork on there. But until then, you can sport an awesome logo of Kaiju Conversation on a t-shirt or maybe even a coffee mug. If you'd like to chat with us, check out our Discord server full of others that have similar interests to you. Recently, the discussion on the server was about the most recent MonsterVerse news with the giant orangutan and all of that good stuff. Funny monkey. Yeah, it's a great community full of great people. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the bell so you can be notified anytime we upload a video. Sometimes we post exclusives to the channel like bloopers for episodes, minisodes, talking about news or other subjects. We do a monthly stream called Kaiju Conversation Live uh, where I hop on the stream with one guest and we just talk about whatever for like five hours. We also have an interview with Mechagodzilla designer Jared Kurchevsky on the channel. I probably botched his name. I apologize. And a huge thanks to Rex for editing these episodes and all the other content we upload. His stuff can be found in the uh, link description below. Definitely check him out, his YouTube, his Instagram, his Twitter, and his writing. 
Along with Rex, we'd like to give a huge thanks and shout out to Danny DeManna of the Godzilla Novelization Project for his amazing vocals on our theme song. You can support him by following him on Twitter at Danzilla93 underscore GNP or visit his website, GodzillaNovelizationProject.com. And a thanks to Grattan Conwell from the podcast Giant Monster BS for composing the music for our theme song. You can support him by following the podcast on Twitter at Giant Monster BS or on any podcast platform under the name Giant Monster BS. And with that, we're going to wrap things up here. So thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, please remember, life's too short to not talk big. Bye, guys. Bye. We are set. We are in debt. There's nothing to sweat. Life's too short now, baby. Come on.